Welcome to Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear. I'm your host, Gabriel Russo. Every week, every episode here on the show, we profile a star of the silent era. And we do it in about 15 or 20 minutes. So sit back and listen. <laughs> uh, come back right after this. Okay, well, I'm not even sure what that was a commercial for, but we are here to discuss some Hollywood scandals of yesteryear, and I am in a new studio in a public place, and it's very strange to be recording this by myself in a little room at my college with people milling about, but I was desperate to get a new episode out, and I've been super busy. Graduation is in just a couple of weeks, and I have been, well, I just got hired at a job, and so that's been, anyway... I'm back to making shows here. And this week it's Annette Kellerman. Annette Kellerman. Annette Marie Sarah Kellerman. Uh, July 6, 1887 to November 6, 1975. She was a professional swimmer from Australia, like I said. Uh, she was a, became a vaudeville star, actress, writer, and business owner. She was one of the first women to wear the one-piece bathing suit. She was also the very first woman to appear naked on film. Kellerman was born in New South Wales, Marrickville, New South Wales, Australia. I wonder if she's related to Jonathan Kellerman, the author, or Sally Kellerman, the actress. We shall see, won't we? At the age of six, there was a weakness in her legs, which necessitated the wearing of steel braces to strengthen them. To further overcome her disability, her parents enrolled her in swimming classes. Swim, Forrest. Uh, by the age of 13, her legs were practically normal, and by 15, she had mastered all the swimming strokes and won her first race. Um, she was also into diving displays. 1902, she won the 100 yards and mile competitions in New, New South Wales. She moved to Melbourne, Australia, where she continued to swim and break records, exhibitions of swimming and diving, etc. Kellerman and Beatrice Kerr, who was billed as Australia's champion lady swimmer and diver, were rivals. Kerr publicly challenged Kellerman to meet in competitive race, and it was never answered. In 1905, in August, at age 19, Miss Kellerman was one of the first women to attempt to swim the English Channel. Hey, hey. After three unsuccessful swims, she declared, I had the endurance, but not the strength. The first woman to attempt a channel crossing had been Austrian Baroness Walburga von Eskescu, Isak, Isakescu <laughs> in 1900 who and Kellerman, Kellerman later challenged her and defeated her in a Danube race. She helped popularize the sport of synchronized swimming after her 1907 performance in the, the first water ballet in a glass tank at the New York Hippodrome. Interesting. She became famous early on for, her, uh, for advocating the right of women to wear one-piece bathing suits, which was very controversial at the time. According to Australian Magazine... Well, according to an Australian magazine, in the early 1900s, women were expected to wear cumbersome dress and pantaloon combinations when swimming. In 1907, at the height of her popularity, Kellerman was arrested on Revere Beach, Massachusetts, for indecency for wearing one of her fitted one-piece swimming costumes. And that's the picture that, I'm, that I've put up next to the... Uh, 
on the on the home page here and the picture of that is it's one piece swimming costume all right it goes ankles all the way up it's like wearing uh well you can see the picture it looks like wearing long johns basically the popularity of her one-piece suits resulted in her getting her own line of women's swimwear and they called the suit the annette kellerman's so i'm going to the store to get an annette kellerman and they were the first step to modern swimwear in 1916, Miss Kellerman became the first major actress to do a nude scene when she appeared fully nude in a picture called A Daughter of the Gods, made by the Fox Film Corporation. Daughter of the Gods was the first million-dollar film production as well. So there you have it. There's two firsts. Well, several firsts in this one. She wore the first bathing suit. Like many of her other films, this is now considered a lost film, as no copies are known to exist there is a still that you can see of the nude scene. She is nude, but she's sitting on a branch, and her hair is like waist length, maybe longer, and it's pulled in front of her, and it's basically covering her whole the whole front of her body. You, you know, you might be able to. I think she had an, one exposed breast, and sitting, you know, striking a pose on a tree branch with her arms outstretched as a daughter of the gods would. The majority of her films had themes of aquatic adventure. Well, that's because she came into films as a result of her swimming prowess. I wasn't able to find any information on how she actually, you know, made her way to to films. It's the only thing. It's it's very you know some of the information on some of these people is sketchy. But obviously, being a swimmer and a diver, most of her films would have an aquatic theme. She performed her own stunts including diving from 92 feet into the sea and 60 feet into a pool of crocodiles. Wow. Many times she would play mermaids named Annette or variations of her own name. Yeah, it's easier to not forget your name. <laughs> her fairy tale films, quote, as she called them, started with a picture called The Mermaid in 1911, in which she was the first actress to wear a swimmable mermaid costume on film paving the way for future screen sirens, such as Glynis Johns, who starred in Miranda, and Esther Williams, who starred in tons of Busby Berkeley water musicals, and Daryl Hannah in Splash. Kellerman designed her own mermaid swimming costumes, and sometimes she even made them herself. Similar designs are still used by the Wikiwatsi Springs Mermaids, which is in Florida. My wife and I have talked about going there many times. Uh, the Wikiwachi Springs mermaids basically are in a big tank, and you you can sit at the bottom end of you know at the bottom of the of the outside of the glass, obviously outside of the tank, but at the bottom, and you can eat and and watch uh, the ladies in their uh, mermaid swimming costumes. And there are hoses that hang down into the water, the air hoses, so the ladies swim around, and then they you know, kind of sneakily swim up to a thing, to a hose, and take in some air. And she made her own costumes, like I said, similar designs used by those in the, including her aquatic fairy costume, first introduced in Queen of the Sea, 1918. She also appeared in one of, we're going from first to last, she also appeared in one of the last films made in Prismacolor, which came out in 1924, is called Venus of the South Seas which is a joint United States-New Zealand production where one reel of the 55-minute film 
was in color and underwater. Crazy. Venus of the Seas was restored by the Library of Congress in 2004 and is the only feature film starring Annette Kellerman known to exist in its complete form. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty neat. I guess you could go to the Library of Congress. You could probably look up Venus of the South Seas on YouTube and see some footage. In addition, like I say, in addition to her uh, film and sage career, she wrote several books. 1918, she wrote How to Swim. I guess that's a tell-all. <laughs> no. In 1919, she wrote Physical Beauty and How to Keep It. She also authored a book of children's stories titled Fairy Tales of the South Seas in 1926. She wrote her autobiography entitled My Story, which went unpublished. She also wrote a ton of mail-order booklets and pamphlets on health and beauty and fitness. Her personal life, she married her American-born manager, James Sullivan, in 1912 in Connecticut. She was a lifelong vegetarian. She owned a health food store in Long Beach, California, later on in her life. She remained active well into her old age, continuing to swim and exercise until a short time before her death. She and her husband returned to live in Australia in 1970, and in 1974, she was honored by the International Swimming Hall of Fame in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Kellerman died at age 89, six days after her husband. She was cremated and her remains were scattered over the Great Barrier Reef. She had no children, and so I'm going to say that that's probably the Jonathan Kellerman and the Sally Kellerman references from earlier amount to nothing. Interesting thing, she was dubbed the perfect woman by a Dr. Dudley Sargent of Harvard University. He made a study in 1908. He did a study of 3,000 women and dubbed her the perfect woman because of her similarity to the physical attributes of the Venus de Milo, <laughs> um, which I guess was considered the perfect woman. Hmm. Kellerman's large collection of costumes and theatrical memorabilia was bequeathed to the Sydney Opera House. There's a museum in Sydney called the Powerhouse Museum, and that's where today many of her original costumes and personal effects she was portrayed by Esther Williams, who I mentioned earlier. Esther Williams, in 1952, did the film Million Dollar Mermaid, portraying Annette Kellerman. And Kellerman also has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. There was an award-winning Australian documentary entitled The Original Mermaid, in, produced in 2002, which was all about her life. And there's a brand new, well, brand new as of December 2010, uh, the swimming complex in Marrickville, New South Wales, her hometown. Uh, was named after her. So it's the Annette Kellerman Swimming Complex, which is very nice. It's like her first film, The Bride of Lammermore, A Tragedy of Bonnie Scotland in 1909. And then that was not her first film. That was her first film portraying someone other than herself. Because as herself, she was her first film was 1907, Miss Kellerman's Diving Feats. 1909, Miss Annette Kellerman. 1910, The Perfectly Formed Woman. <laughs> wow. So she did 23 pictures altogether. And I managed to find a little bit of how she ended up in pictures. After being promoted as the perfect woman and uh, presenting her high diving and underwater exhibitions, she went on the vaudeville circuit in America and, uh, you know, did her performances and whatnot, diving into, into a glass of water. She was caught between theater magnets B.F. Keith and William Morris. Morris offered her $1,500 a week. 
she astutely used her commercial popularity to get an agreement to appear in several shorts. Her bodiliness and sexuality were the key aspects of her vaudeville performances. And so by the time she became, by the time she started working in films, that was what was really going to make her famous. She emphasized form-fitting costumes with a daredevil prowess. Like I say, she was arrested on the beach for her first swimming costume, and that obviously made her more famous, more infamous even, I guess. She described the original bathing suits that she was that they wanted her to wear as fiendish things, injurious both to body and health. She worked for Carl Lamell of Universal Film Producing Company for a couple of films. The degree of control that she had in the films that she made, this is kind of interesting, was um, compared is compared today with uh, power, with the most powerful stars of the day, uh, Mary Pickford. Charlie Chaplin and Douglas Fairbanks, they all had control of everything that went into their pictures, as did Annette Kellerman. As a matter of fact, there was uh, one of the her biographers quotes the director as turning to her constantly during the filming of something and saying, what do you think we should do here, Annette? So that's kind of interesting. I had never heard of Annette Kellerman. But she turned out to be pretty interesting. She was the first woman to, to do lots of things on film. She was the first first nude on film, first one-piece bathing suit. Very interesting life. And so Annette Kellerman, that was her. I know this one was kind of a thrown together, and I apologize. I didn't have much time to record one this week, and, uh, and it had already been over two weeks and I don't I didn't want to let it go any more time so I wanted to record one and, and, and put it out and I don't think it's bad it's just uh, a little slapdash but you'll forgive me I hope and come back next week anyway I have been as always your host Gabe Russo you can follow me on Twitter at grusso1971 check out the page on Facebook, facebook.com, Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear. You can check out some of my art on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash Gabe Russo Art. Please go to iTunes and leave a comment, unless, of course, it is not a good comment, and then you can just email it to me personally at g.a.russo1971 at gmail.com. I guess that'll do it for another week here at, well, in my new temporary studio at Bainbridge State College. Until next time, this has been Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear, and I have been Gabriel Russo. Thank you. (laughs) 